Welcome to the Phoenix Magazine podcast. Today we are on location for another brewery spotlight, this time at a brewery that uh, specializes not only in craft beer, but their craft food and their spirits. Awatuki area, check them out. It's Wicked Brews, Bites, and Spirits. Wicked Brews, Bites, and Spirits. You'll see that I uh, kind of butchered that line when we first start this interview with the owner Chip Mahoney and head brewer Zach Schroeder, but we clean it up a little bit and we get it right at the end. So it's a it's a fun little visit with these guys. They're they're brewing really um, clean traditional styles. You might know Wicked from their appearances at several beer fests. That's where I first got to know them, and we talk about that uh, along with their feelings on winning awards, uh, submitting for awards, and how Awatuki is really coming into its own on craft beer. Sit back and enjoy this episode with Chip and Zach. All right, we're out here in Awatuki visiting with um, the guys at Wicked Brews. Wicked Brews Ales and Spirits, right? Uh, Brews, Chip Mahone, bite, bites, Brews and spirits. bites and Spirits. I was going to screw that up. <laughs> anyway, the brewery, um, Wicked Brewery out here in Awatuki, right off the freeway I-10, 48th Street area, 50th Street. Um, we're here with the owner, Chip Mahoney, and head brewer, Zach Schroeder. Thanks, thanks guys, for having us in. Uh, obviously, when I look around, it's it's a Kansas City Chiefs bar, so congrats on the Super Bowl win. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we had a, a good run. It was I mean, all Kansas, so they've had a, one hell of a year out there in Kansas. So what what makes this a Kansas City bar? Well, we we had a lot of KU fans that were coming in, and we started a KU um, fan club last year, and ended up winning the national championship. And it was the largest KU bar in, in Arizona, and we were we were killing it. We had a great we have a great fan base, and. Uh, from there, we have some employees, we have staff members that are fans. Um, I'm a fan and and we had a lot of the KU fans that wanted to say, let's well, let's make it a KC bar too. And so this is our first year and and we had an opportunity to, to join the, the Chiefs Kingdom. Um, the biggest one in, is Pub Rock in, in Scottsdale. We were the, and then we were able to, to join. And I think capacity wise, we became the largest um, ability to do it pub rock still the most popular and been around for a long time but we had this place packed and it we was were talking awesome. before we started this like i always am curious about that and you were saying that you didn't start this off with an idea of becoming a, a chief's bar but it just kind of happened with the local fans around here right one thing that we wanted to do when we first got this this place is we wanted to let the community kind of help form formulate this we wanted it to be a community uh, pub and and brewery and so when we got that and we we a lot of our our regulars that came in and our in our ku fan base helped design that to be um a chiefs bar but we've got two national championships under our belt right now we got a basketball college basketball and we got the super bowl so and only being open, be. only being open since late 2020, two championships already. You guys know how lucky you are to have that. I mean, <laughs> you're here in Arizona, like the the desert wasteland of sports, and you guys. I mean, as, as a football fan myself, you. I mean, as a Chiefs, if if you guys like the Chiefs, you know how lucky they are to have Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it's it's amazing to have, a, and and now you have all these money morning quarterbacks like. 
they drafted him at 10. Why did he not, you know, and they moved up and, For sure. and they were smart as hell. I mean, it's, it's, he was, he's a once in a lifetime quarterback and, and the smart people looked at him and saw it and jumped up and grabbed him. So where does Wicked now get its name? Coming back to your origin story, you, you started building this place uh, on this idea in 2020, late 2020. That must've been fun, right? It was right in the middle of COVID. It was, it was tough. We had, um, Zach and I started this venture all the way back in 2017, 2018. Yeah, it definitely was before the pandemic started. So it was more fun to plan a business back then. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like you and I had worked together a lot to put it together. And then it kind of went by, not by the wayside, but we had to kind of put it away because then, then the pandemic did hit, you know, and hell, I didn't talk to Chip for a few months there because, you know, we were, we, batting them down the hatches so to speak mm-hmm. and um we didn't know what was going to happen it was an idea on paper in those days and and then i think the the opportunity came because of the pandemic you know for this particular you know particular spot but um yeah it was on paper before it you know and it was a lot of fun putting it together um it definitely changed shape i think a little bit during that time to get it open during the pandemic but um you know it, that's just the way the stars align sometimes, you know. We had to we had to readjust, and then it was, you know, it's what's kind of bittersweet with, you know, the pandemic. It, it gave us an opportunity, but it took an opportunity away from some some other places. And we had we had actually looked at um, we had three or four locations that we were ready to do this for, and this is my backyard. I've, I've lived yeah. in Ahwatukee for seventeen years. And so I was, I, I called up Zach and go, I think we got the place. And, um, and this place is uh, the former Uncle Bear's location, right? Yes. And it, I noticed when I walked in that there's still like the dog bone thing on the front. Is that left over from them? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Bear's is a great, great brewery and they're still around, but this location just didn't fit for them. And mm-hmm. um, we still have some things, some of the, artwork in the in the the light fixtures and the door handles are there picture, um, pictures of dogs still up there are not pictures no. <laughs> of dogs anymore but we are still dog friendly i always like that about it. them uh you know that you, know, you get the photos of like actual customers dogs that they would submit oh. and put up on the walls so it's it's the great wall of dogs yeah <laughs> it's that's the part of the concept it's a, it's a good it's a good thing i mean so when you moved in here, what were, were there all the like brewery facilities still set up, or did you guys have to work behind the scenes, to kind of bring in your own stuff? That was one of the the things that we did when we did purchase the place. Um, we purchased this in fifteen days um, during the pandemic. Um, that, and I don't know a whole lot about that. Is that like record time? That, that kind of turnaround? I kind of think it is. I'm not sure. It's we we took a look at it on October first mm-hmm. and. We're like, we got to close by the 15th. And, and Zach and I were like, okay. And so we, we got all the paperwork together and, and we didn't really have much time. So we came and took a look at it and, and all the brewery facilities we bought from Uncle Bear's, it was part of the original in here, but they had it in storage. And so we had to go and go get that out of storage and bring it back here. And then they, they turned this into like a game room. And they took out all the piping oh, okay. um, for the for the steam, for the glycol, for everything. Yeah. So it was it was it, it it was more of like a tap room at that point. Yeah, yeah. It was more of a tap room, and and 
what we had to do is it took us, it, what, it moved us back six months on, on our brewing? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think we got open, what was it, something like, I want to say we got open, you, I mean, was it October-ish or something? October 15th. Yeah, or October 15th. No, November 12th was our yeah, opening so day. We got the keys in October. We got open in November. I want to I want to say it was early springtime. So maybe like March and April, we got our first batch done. Yeah, I figured we were actually brewing probably a few weeks before that. So it took us a, yeah, two, three months to get it up and running. Um, yeah, the infrastructure had been basically taken out, um, you know, to, to the point where they could make the, the area game room. Yeah. Um, so we had to kind of go back and <laughs> reverse that and, and put the steam lines back in in the glycol. But that's, you know, the basis of the brew. Put the infrastructure back in and get the tanks moved back in, rearrange everything to make it work the way we wanted it to, and then make good beer. And now jump forward. Now, what am I having? Because this, this is very clean. It's a little bit of fruits. Um, number four. I believe on, on my flight, by the way, good good radio here. But we're talking about uh, beers, a flight of beers here, and I can't remember what Morgan brought me over, but um, I, I believe she. Um, it looks like she brought you the the go half yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Have a bison. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of um, Hefeweizens in my uh, arsenal at home or that I choose to drink, but they're always very pleasant. Like this one's very, very crushable and drinkable. Um, you know, it's got that that slight um, little bit of or it, it's, it's very clear, um, whereas like some other other Hefs you might think of might be a little bit darker, hazier. But right. this one, this one's got nice clarity to it. Um, I, I, a nice balance of fruit in that. Tell me a little bit about this beer. Well, you know, when it comes to Hefeweizen, I, I you know, I, I went through a traditional Hefeweizen. Um, I feel like uh, for years and years ago, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Hefeweizen, especially out here in the, in the warmer climate, was was a big deal. Sure. Um, you know, everybody wanted a wheat beer. It was, it, again, quenchable. It was... It was refreshing it was one of those things so in climates like this that that was a, it became a really popular beer i think hefeweizen was the one that that kind of led 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 with that and over the years it seemed like a lot of the brewers kind of gravitated towards more of the belgian whites version mm -hmm. of a wheat beer and you know wheat beer is wheat beer i mean you can kind of go anywhere you want with it but it seemed like that's the direction everybody seemed to go and that might have been because of, you know, the, the big boys doing the blue moons and the shock tops or whatever. But I felt like the, the Bavarian Hefeweizen kind of went, went by the wayside. Um, still a great style of beer. And it's still the same, you know, refreshing, you know, just thirst quenching beer that, that needs to be. Yeah. So, one of, and it, this leads me into kind of my whole philosophy behind putting this the beer program here together is that... Um, I wanted to bring back some of the classic craft styles uh, and this Bavarian Hefeweizen being one of those. I felt like um, it, it, everybody loved it when it happened. And it, I, I went to the open spot on the court, like the coach always said, and I made the Bavarian Hefeweizen and, you know, it's, it's, it's not long forgotten, but not a lot of people are brewing it. And, um, but it's still just as, as refreshing and, and, and thirst quenching as the Belgian whites and all the other ones everybody's make sure. And um, I went back to that, that uh, point where you've got that nostalgic flavor, right? You've got the, the you know, the, the banana and clove. It really is, yeah. Almost that, yeah, bubble gum is almost in there, you know? And uh, I feel like it's, it's it's one of those lost styles. Sure. You know, not a lot of people want to want to take take on a Bavarian Hefeweizen for some reason, I, you know, and trends. Trends are what they are, but, um, you know, this was 
dear to my heart, this recipe, essentially. Uh, we tweaked it just for Wicked, but, you know, I feel like we're, we're again, op- the open spot on the court with not a lot of competitors are making a Bavarian Hefeweizen. Sure. And uh, we're in a very warm climate, warm market where we're drinking beer year round in the weather. What kind of uh, what kind of beer do you want to be known for best here at Wicked? Shoot, um, I mean, good beer, obviously. Right? <laughs> that, that's a good category, right? Yeah. <laughs> is there is there a flagship or one that um, you you might see that people flock to more than others? Your customers. When we first opened up, it, our flagship was was the Witch of the West. So um, it, it was a, a West Coast IPA. Um, Zach killed it. Um, very drinkable IPA. One thing I, I learned, nice working with, with someone that's 30 years experience, is, is I learned so much in the brewery business um, being with Zach. But one thing, let's let's make a beer that's drinkable yeah. and make a, make a really good West Coast IPA that people can, can have. We don't need to go to triples and, and quad IPAs. Let's make something that's really that that tastes great, that's consistent. Um, so that was our that's probably our flagship. Is that um, one here on this flight here is that I'm thinking this one. Is that yes. I think it's this one right here. All right, I'm gonna try it out here. And it's a it's it's a really good, excellent West Coast IPA, and we go through it tremendously. And it was our number one for the longest time, and then and then we then Zach wanted to do a a seasonal. And we and we ended up doing a, a Mexican lager, and he did the the three sheets cerveza, and it just took off, and it was it it just soared to our number one. He killed it on this recipe. Um, I think it should win awards. I mean, it's my go-to whenever I want to drink it. It's very especially in Arizona. It's very drinkable for for where it's at. Um, and yeah, then, that might be one of our best styles as Arizona as a collective, uh, like that Mexican lager. Yeah. So, I mean, I think some of the breweries out here do just way beyond what, what else. You, like, you can get at a store, you know, something from like Stone or something, but nothing compares to, say, like, you know, your, your Mexican lager or um, I had one at um, 100 Mile. It was just like out of bounds, like so good and refreshing. And yeah. that's a style that um, I, you see more and more that the breweries that we talk to really try to hone in on. Right. And so we've done that. And then in our third one, we we probably have a, a, a 2A, um, which is a, is a sweet D. It's it's a, a very drinkable blonde. Um, and that, that one is, I mean, you, you can talk a little bit about those two styles and how you came up with them. But... I mean, we have really three good good beers that, that fly off the shelves yeah. and or out of the taps. To give some people or the listeners your uh, background story, Zach, you were we worked a long time at what was Sonoran Brewing, or I guess Sonoran's still around, and it was Phoenix Ale Brewing, yeah. right? So you have your experience from there. Are a lot of these styles um, kind of a spillover from that? Because I always remember, you know, being able to find a Camelback IPA and more blonde at chase field i love that now you can't get anything really local there anymore right no i mean you know what i wanted to do with this was i mean there's a lot of things when you open a new brewery right i mean you want to kind of create your character and here i literally wanted to go back to my roots a little bit more um i i love you know everything we did at phoenix ale and obviously sonora i still love because you know pays the bills but um 
you know, I wanted to, you know, go back and then reinvent too a little bit. So I went back to some real old classic styles. Um, and I, you know, I approached those styles in a way I would have done it about 20 years ago. Cause I felt that it, it's been lost, you know what I mean? And I felt like a lot of our clientele here, especially in Ahwatukee, we're, we're, we're still running around from the old days of the rock bottom that used to be across the street. Um, uh, you know, and my clientele isn't, I don't feel like they're, they're chasing the, the new age stuff. You know, I, you know, there's a lot of new styles and, and, and new trends and things in this industry, but I think the, the people in my neighborhood here, they want to enjoy their beer and relax. And I think that's a beard is supposed to, to do for you, right? Is, uh, make your, you know, have, have an enjoyable time. So mm-hmm. I think the, the customers that come to us here, um, I feel like they appreciate some of the old styles and that's what I'm going for. And then, um, we're, cr- we're going to find our own character here. You know, uh, the, the, the guests always lead us to where we got to go. Um, clearly, you know, with those new trends and things, you know, that's some things I'm constantly being asked for is the hazies and, and, and the sours and things like that. So I'm going to do that with, in my own way. Um, so we'll, we'll work our way into that, but we've got to make balance these things and make it, uh, you know, approachable for all the drinkers. You know, this isn't necessarily a craft beer place. It, we, we, we are a craft brewery, but we want everybody to come in. We want everybody to have a good time. So, you know, we kind of, I brew the beers that, with the mindset that, that I want everybody to enjoy them. You know, I'm not trying to break the records on IBUs or alcohol content or things like that. I just want to have a nice, pleasurable drinking experience. And every time I write a recipe, it's all based on what's going on in the kitchen. If I don't have a menu item that we, we can pair it with or whatever, it does, you know, it's not going to work. You know, it's the sum of the parts here. And so, you know, I, I brew along those lines. Okay. You know? Yeah, I can taste this that in, uh, you know, this West Coast. I can taste kind of that bitterness, but there's um, like almost like a like a sweetie, fruity juiciness on the back there that um, yeah. really mellows out the bitterness of, that you get from a typical, you know, West yeah. Coast that, that, that it, it, you know, approaches this color. Um, but really, really good drink. Well, is this now I'm, I'm, I'm drinking off a flight. Is that a normal flight here at Wicked? Is that, that's a normal flight. That, that's a great flight. I love that. Cause that's, I mean, that I'm looking at that. That looks like half a beer in front of me <laughs> on, on four. So. Oh, it, it's a full beer. I think it's, it's four, four, four and a half hours. So it's okay, so okay, okay. No, I was thinking each one looked like half one. I mean, it, yeah. that, I mean, it goes up. It's it's, it's a good flight. Yeah, it's a good flight. Um, so obviously known for being the brewery side, but also your food and spirit side. That part of it. Um, we were talking before this that you brought over so many of the people that you worked with in the in- yeah. industry, including your chef, and he just has been nailing it since you guys opened the door. Oh, right, he's. I mean, our, our, our kitchen team is, is unbelievable. I've got, I basically have three chefs back there, um, for a small little local brewery pub. I mean, it's, it's very good, but chef G is, he's the leader of the pack and he, he wrote the, the initial menu for us and adapted to it. Um, since then he's, he comes up with our, you know, all of our, St. Patrick's Day menus, all of our um, Oktoberfest menus. I mean, he, he, you, you put him on a task and he, he'll come up with great recipes. Him and um, Mike and Bert back there, they, they, they all work together to, to really create 
really, really great recipes. You, you mentioned a couple of big kind of, I, I guess, event center days on the calendar. Is that um, a big thing that, here at Wicked, like the, to really get behind like a St. Patty's Day type of day, an Oktoberfest kind of celebration? Yeah. So when we when we did our last Oktoberfest, um, I can't remember the name of it out in Mesa, but I took I took my food purveyor, my entire team, including Zach, Creighton, my marketing director, Dee, my wife, who is a manager here, and and, uh, Mikey. I took the entire team and we walked in and it's a small little German, German restaurant. And we sat down and she goes and gets us all these beers and it's beautiful. They, They got these big, huge jugs of, of beer that they, they give you 32 ounces. And uh, so she gets her pad out and she goes, what do you want? I go, I just want everything on the menu. She goes, what? She goes, no, I just, just make the entire menu. And so she goes, okay. And so they made the entire menu. Wow. And we just all just kind of said, this is authentic German food. Can we, can we celebrate Oktoberfest for a month and and bring in some of these items and what are the best items that that would would be best that would help represent um Oktoberfest and we came I think we came up with a pretty good menu for yeah you know Oktoberfest has always been really dear to my heart you know when I worked with Streets in New York years ago you know the founders and owners were um from Germany and um it was a big deal for them. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm also very German. Um, that's one of the reasons I got behind it. But to me, it was very important to do it. I, you know, I thought it was, you know, it's, a, it was just a great experience. You know, to me, it was the, the best version of food and beer meeting in the middle. And then I think for wicked bruised bites and spirits, the most important thing for us here is the customer's experience. And every day, you know, that, that should change a little bit. Uh, we get these wonderful opportunities like Oktoberfest and St. Patrick's Day to put on a, a, a new version of that experience. Um, so that's what gets us excited a little bit. You know, when you've got something with a theme like Oktoberfest, I know everybody likes to do 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 the party. You know, they do one down in downtown Tempe and a lot of places do an Oktoberfest. We wanted to do something traditional and incorporate the food, the beer, and, and then the fun that happens in the middle. And make that a wicked thing. Yeah. And I think we did a really good job of that. And, and we're doing it for St. Patrick's Day, too. Yeah. yeah. And this is like customer experience. You come in here and you got like two bars up here. We're sitting in the uh, the upper, you know. The Brewer's hot, Den. Yeah. A Brewer's Den. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. And there's a bar area here and a couple of high tops. And uh, I just see TVs everywhere. And that's something that a lot of breweries kind of shy away from that I've found. Like, yeah. they don't want sports on tv for whatever reason they want people to just you know chat and drink their beer but um what why is it that you guys have this place with like sports all over the place what's what's behind that well i'm a i'm the operations guy i i i'm about experience i love you know i let him brew i let you know so when we opened this i this was a like a little closet area and I ended up blowing out the wall and, and building it up and building this bar because I wanted 
someplace where people could come in and, and have a, a, a unique experience. This bar um, behind us, bar that wasn't there? Us, it wasn't oh, there. Okay. So we built this um, in the past year. And I'm about I'm about a customer experience. That's why we call brews bites and spirits. Yeah. We want, you know, if you want to come in and have a, a great beer, you're gonna you're gonna find it here. If you want great food, you're gonna find it here. If you want some of the highest end liquors, we I'm have looking it here. at that right now. There's Weller Foolproof up there. Oh, there yeah. You got E. H. Taylor. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a bourbon snob, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking up there. I'm thinking we got we got Boss Hog. Yeah, I mean we don't we don't hesitate. We're we're not about you're not messing around. Yeah, <laughs> and if people want to drink a little, they want to drink a lot. They want to have a they want to have a good beer. I mean, um, our patio is we you know we'll I mean I'll, I'll go out there and have a nice little uh, three sheets and a in a shot of Wellers and, and a cigar and right and sit and have a, just a great experience. And, That's and a good night right night. there. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we want to do. We want to create the experience. So our all of our marketing and our events are are circled around. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it the best way. Sure. I'm not going to go in and just I'm not going to just try to check a box. You know. So if we have trivia, it's going to be full on trivia. If we have karaoke, it's going to be full on full band karaoke. It's like on stage. We do. We do dueling pianos. We have live music. We have um, we do every every holiday outside of um, Mardi Gras, but we're working on Mardi Gras next year. Baby steps. Baby steps. I've, I've always thought Mardi Gras just doesn't fit in anywhere outside of New Orleans. So we're, I don't know why we're, people. We're gonna find a way to make it fit in. It All right. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. So so we we just like to have an experience. We want people to go away and say, God, that was great. And, you know, I don't want them to just come in and just spend 45 minutes in and eat and then go. Right. Right. You know, I, I've been in the corporate world. I've been where like you're, they wanted their guests in, in the night in 2000 and late nineties. They won 45 minutes. Got to get them in and out. Got to, got to receive that table. Turn, turn over the turn table. Over, yeah, turn over right, the table. Right. So I'm like, going, someone wants to sit here for three hours. I could care less. It's right. Like, well, I want people to have a good time. And you, you, you kind of know a little bit about that because your career, you, you were in charge of what the front row Fridays. So people are there for three hours, you know, yeah. doing that sort of thing. So you got to make sure that they're having a good time, you know, because they're, they're not going to leave during a baseball game. You're not turning over that table, right? You're not turning the table over. People are sitting. You got to make sure that they're having a good time. If if the Diamondbacks aren't making them have a good time, you're having them have a good time, there right? You go. There you go. So yeah, no, I was there for a long time, and um, I was a lot of a lot of restaurants, but uh, corporate world and mom and pop. So um, I'm about the experience. Yeah. You know, uh, a little bit about this area, the Awatuki area, I've always kind of found to be and I don't I don't live in the, the area, um, but I, I've been down here enough times that it just doesn't seem like um, like breweries have ever kind of stuck around or been a big part of this area. Is that am I right to kind of assume that? And why is that? Um, it's an older area. I mean, it's. What, I think it's 50 years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long Ahotuki's been here, but to me, one of the most iconic breweries in this valley existed here, right across the street. Um, rock Bottom. The Rock Bottom, yeah. You know, and I, you know, the Rock Bottom that was here, again, was, I think, in, in the 
in the history or the annals of, of, of the Valley's craft beer history, it was one of the, the originals. Um, is the hub over there now? Is that yeah, what that's that is? The hub's okay. at now, but I, I do feel in this like one of the again one of the things I sort of base some of my menu around, and this might kind of lead to my a question I answered earlier is um, the crowd that was there still lives that used to frequent that place that were regulars or mug club members, wherever they are. They they still live in the valley or in the area in Ahwatukee, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there there are customers now. So that that's sort of what I'm going towards as far as my beer styles. At least initially, um, so yeah, it's not not a big craft beer area, but in a, to a certain degree, there's the you know the history of it is, is sort of iconic to me at least. Uh, you know, being part of the you know the, the brewing community here for a lot of years. Um, well, it's interesting because we we talked to um, the owner Renhouse who during COVID when they were making deliveries found that Awatuki was their by far and away their number one customer really? for all of their beer. So that's why they're planning. I think they're still planning to open up that European beer hall, uh, beer style hall or whatever it's called. Um, uh, just i don't know i, I forget where it, it's it's an old like serrano's or something yep. like that um i know exactly then, where it's at i think Goldwater's now moving into the neighborhood pretty soon we kind of so. like to think that we're the reason good they're yeah. all they're all, they're all <laughs> yeah. following our footsteps that's what i, I like we, to think. we proved it was viable there yeah. you go well we, we you know uh, and other breweries we talked to say um they always use the same moniker that uh the rising tide floats all boats right, right. so if Awatuki now becomes a craft beer destination, you guys are already kind of cemented in here as the, like the go-to in yeah. the first one, right? Yeah. And we're, we're very bought into Awatuki. Like I said, I've lived here for 17 years and a lot of it. So I know a lot of the regulars and we, we know a lot of the people and, um, and we welcome Goldwater and Red House. I mean, it's, we want more people to, to know that in the area and, and get to know our beers. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think we've made it to where people can understand that, that it, you can make it in Ahwatukee. Um, it's a, it's a really nice community and, and yeah, it's always seemed, it's always seemed kind of odd that like, there's not really a, a go-to brewery that you can name, um, up until now with Wicked. Can't really like, all right, we've got to go down to Ahwatukee to hit up this one place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Bear's was everywhere and they, they're still everywhere. But um, now, you know, coming here and having Zach's beers from Wicked, I'm like, this is this is a good spot to come to now. Right. We think so. so we, yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 difficult because we are the farthest south of in Phoenix. You know, it's right. You know, it's we're the you know, we're the closest to Maricopa and, and Tucson. It's like, this is your first stop. So yeah, everyone in Maricopa, by the way, comes up to I-10 and Ray to yeah. do their kind of shopping and dining and going out yeah. type of thing. So, so it's, it's, it's a little different being further South of in we're we're technically Ahwatukee is still part of Phoenix. So yeah. it's, that, that, that is a little bit of a factor, but I think people are starting to realize that this area is, is very viable for, um craft brewery and you guys are always involved in the uh like the beer festivals you were at our arizona craft beer awards festival oh yeah uh we saw you had strong beer i saw you had strong beer for the first time i I heard about wicked was strong beer in 2022 
and you guys had like the big robotic arm that was oh, serving yeah. beer and you like press the button. I took video of it. If, um, I'll have to dig that up and add this to that. But um, where did that come from? Like, is that like, uh, do you have like an engineering background like every other brewery in town or? We had uh, basically some regulars at, um, right up the road and and they had a, they had the arm and we were all like sitting and like said, let's, let's look at it. So that came from a customer? Yeah. Oh, awesome. There's a lot of engineers now with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of those people, you know, a lot of them down here. So. And uh, a lot of them like to brew beer from what I, from what I've found. Um, some of them own breweries now. So, um, but yeah. Uh, uh, Wicked, what it's you have this jacket on that I'm looking at WCKD, like the right. port. Like, where, where does that name come from? Are you guys like big fans of the Broadway show or what's going on there? Wicked could we looked at Wicked and I wanted a, I wanted a single word that could really just define us. Um, I like our I like Wicked as, as how it created. You know, just the, the how you act. Um, you know, the way that you you perform your life. And I also looked at it going, well, I could go to Boston and and I could be a you know a wicked pissa. You know, <laughs> yeah, right, and, right. Or I could go to Kansas and be Dorothy and 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 you know, and it, it was a big part of us becoming a KU bar and, and a Kansas City bar because Wicked is is big in the in the in the Midwest and you've got the the Wizard of Oz and and the play and and you could go to you could go surfing and and you know it's the stoner in you is gonna hey dude dude that's wicked man and so it's like wicked so it's, does come have a lot of connotations a lot of yeah. usage it's very very pliable and in versatile that you do. Yeah. and so we we came up with that um, WCKD we used because um, we needed to be you know the, the, that trademark. Avenue, we couldn't use just straight wicked. Right. Um, we could use wicked bruised bites and spirits. So it was a, it was more of a trademark issue, and and um, wicked um, we came to, and and it was it was the wording that we came up with. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, because it almost looks like a shield. I didn't know if that was like, you know, the W has a, you know, a, a, like a a part of it and the, the C stands for something or the K. No, it's you guys could probably come up with something. I can we help could. You with that. Well we did <laughs> this is my these are my first two initials. Yeah. Charles Whittier. And this is my wife's first two initials, Deanna Catherine. So we we have that little thing that goes for us, but she likes to say that. That's news to me. She just, yeah, she came, she found that You've been out, calling him so. Chip the whole time. You're like, oh, wait, his name's Charles? What? <laughs> <laughs> and probably some other things. <laughs> so, um, Wicked, what, what kind of food do you guys want? The food part. What do you want to be known for here? Is there like a go-to dish that you would recommend if somebody came here for the first time? Like, I got to have Wicked's Best. What is it? Uh, first off, we, I mean... We love all of our food, so we 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 don't we don't have a ninety item menu. We have a we have about a forty forty five menu forty to forty five uh, item menu. Um, we want to be as craft as possible. So I gave full leeway to, to Chef G to to make whatever he wanted to make um, on the menu, and and we give our input sort of like we give Zach input on brewing, but 
Zach's got the final say in what he wants to make. And I mean, he's the expert. And so we leave it to him, but we, we have some good dishes. Uh, I think our fish and chips is, is amazing. It's the, the eye popping wowness of it. Just when it going out to a table, I think it's the best in the valley. Yeah. The fish and chips. I do and truly chips. believe it's the best in the valley. Yeah. You know, it's, it's two massive pieces of, of, of fish hand breaded we do it fresh you know to order uh everything we do is fresh to order you know we're we're cutting potatoes right when it, it come right when a fryer yeah. comes out i mean everything we want to do is fresh um and creative uh, i think chef g has come up with some great dishes that are respectful to the gluten-free you know um, people and, and to vegetarians and to all all different aspects, but I, I, probably the fish and chips would would be our our go to. But it's we're just a craft restaurant. Yeah, that's always good to have. I can imagine that with the hefeweizen in there, like that would pair real nice, right? I mean, the yeah. idea initially, and I, yes, I mean we all had our say, and Chef G put it all together. But you know, I had my ideas that I wanted on the on the menu. I'm sure. He Chip had his, everybody had theirs. Uh, fish and chips were certainly high up on there. I, I knew I was heavy on that, but like things like the Reuben, a good bar burger, you know, wings are automatic, you know what I mean? Yeah, brewers always kind of have their favorite kind of yeah, go-to, yeah. so. You know, but um, but we the, the, the things that were really dear to my heart were those those true pub sort of things. Yeah. Right? Your fish and chips, that, that, that pastrami slash Reuben's sort of sandwich. Um, things like that. I mean, we chef nailed those. I mean, his fish and chips again. I, 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 I really do truly think they are the best in the valley. Not just from the portion you get, but the texture and the rest. Of, I mean, it's just, yeah. There's a lot of debate over fish and chips. What do you guys use for the fish? Uh, we use pollock. Oh, okay. We can we can use larger pieces, and 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 it it has just as good a flavor. So we we are we're go to on that. Um, we've searched. I mean, I think cod is is excellent, um, but we we really like the pollock. Yeah, I, I don't stay up on that debate, but just <laughs> by the way, but my co-host, if he was here, Johan, he would probably chime in on cod. But something yeah. about cod. I don't Everybody, follow it all that much, but <laughs> cod is like the yeah. I mean, a lot of people, we we wanted to try something different, and and we tasted all of them, and and. This one turned out better, so yeah. we wanted to go with that. I don't think we could have pulled off the appearance of our fish and chips with cod. Right. I truly do. I mean, if you, if you look at this thing coming out of the, out of the kitchen, I mean, it's eye-popping. So and that's what you want. You know, you want to have fun and have a good time. And when you watch that fish and chips come out, I mean, now you know you're in the pub. I can't even talk about it. We've got a buffalo, a buffalo bacon burger. Mm-hmm. That Chef G created and and Chef G's uh, Native American and an amazing amazing burger with a fresh Virginia bun um, that we get locally um, from our bakery and he just killed it. It's called a Tatanka and it's it's a fresh buffalo burger. Yeah, people love it. You mentioned that so he's Native American. What kind of like experience does that lend to the kitchen? Um, he has free reign to make whatever he wants, and he does try to. He does know that, like this is a brewery, but he does bring in his his um, creativeness, um, our, our tatanka sauce, 
um, on our breakfast. We have we have one called the Four Corners mm-hmm. um, that celebrates uh, yeah, the Navajo Nation yeah. up there in the Four Corners, and it's a it's it's an it's a massive, just huge burger with with uh, hatch green chili sauce and and the red chili sauce, and he did he just killed it on it. But it's definitely he he has all the influences um, that he likes to bring in from his from his uh, community. Well, very cool. Thank you guys so much for um, having me here to Wicked. It's my first time here. I appreciate it. Um, Zach is just knocking out some great beers. I, is this is like, like, a, like an Irish red type of beer is what I'm kind of tasting here? You know, I wouldn't say it's an Irish red, but it's definitely a um, a heavy American red. Okay. You know, I like a little bit more body. Um, you know, I'm a big malt guy. You know, I know the world world loves their hops these days. So, Coach always, like I said, told me to go to the open spot on the court. You know, and I love my mall. So, you know, it's balanced. There's, there's some hot bitterness in there, but I really love my mall. There's a lot of good malt, uh, malt characters in that. Chocolate and caramel and you name it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of beer or several beers on, on that flight that I don't think I've had in a while. And it kind of goes to what you were saying that, Man, bring back these styles that were once great. They're still great, mm-hmm. and you can get them here at Wicked, right? Yeah, and we still do all you know all the new ones too. Um, but it's just uh, it's an homage to, to the craft a little bit, and honestly, my clientele is what I think they truly want. So we're trying mm-hmm. to kind of do whatever we do. We try to do towards whatever they want. You know what I mean? So we're adapting to what they're asking for. And uh, you mentioned earlier in this that you think you have some beers that can win awards, right? Are you guys involved in, like, uh, so we had the Arizona Craft Beer Awards last year, last October, uh, where we judged and and presented awards. Are you you guys planning to submit more this year for awards? We didn't submit any last year. We, I mean, I think we were, we're we're about two, two, we're, we're just a little over two years old now. Right. And I think, um, I think we're, we'll probably start going into some and, and submitting some for our awards. But uh, I think Zach wanted to, to tweak his recipes and get his recipes the way that he wanted them. And and um, we didn't get into this just to, to win awards. Um, I just know that his talent, we could win awards. And so I'm not really worried about that. But we wanted to get in and, and just make it where it was it, we could make some great beers. Yeah. Um, and I think now that we are uh a little over two years old now i think we'll, we'll probably start joining that you know community and start submitting some yeah is that important to to be recognized for awards or well how do you feel about that i look at it this way obviously you know everybody likes to win an award and have a medal on their you know their mantelpiece or whatever but i uh I appreciate my guests and, you know, them coming in and drinking it over and over again is, is kind of my award for sure to me. You know, I, I'd love to have it publicized and whatnot, but again, it's, that's not what we do it for. We do it for the guests and, and again, watching them drink it over and over again and, and come back for it is, is kind of my award. And if there's something that, you know, you can put on, you know, put a title on or whatever that's great too but i mean ultimately that's kind of what we do this for is again the experience and people having a good time um 
So, yeah, I'd love to win some awards. But I, I think I've already won some of those awards just by the, the smile on people's faces here. Absolutely. You yeah. know? Absolutely. And we go yeah. through, we go through, we have a small system here. Just we have four 16-barrel fermenters. Um, and we go through a lot of our core beers to where, you know, we run out. I mean, you go through 32 kegs of, of one style in six weeks. That, like you said, that that's an award to us. That means that our guests like what what they're, they're drinking. Yeah, you guys are you guys are doing good stuff down here in Awatuki. Check them out. It's uh, Wicked Brews, Bites, and Spirits. There you nailed it that time. Chip and Zach, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you very much. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to uh, Chip and Zach over there, Wicked Brews, Bites, and Spirits for having me in. Uh, check out the place there. It's uh, right off the I ten and Ray Road, 50th Street and Ray Road to be exact, in the old Uncle Bear's location, right across the street from where Rock Bottom used to be. It's now the hub. So check them out, Wicked Brews. And we will be on break for a couple weeks. We're getting ready for Dish Fest this Sunday, March 5th at the Clayton House. If you don't already have your tickets, please get them at tickets.phoenixmag.com. Again, Dish Fest Sunday, March 5th. Tickets at uh, tickets.phoenixmag.com. You can see the whole lineup there um, on, on our website, phoenixmag.com slash dishfest. You can go there and get tickets too. So a couple different spots there. We'll uh, we'll link it down below in our um, on our web article for this podcast episode. But in the meantime, see a dishfest, or we will see you on our next episode, wherever that might be.